What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pierce Cast. I am your host, Joey Adams, alongside my wonderful host, Nikki, and we are excited for yet another episode of bringing the people here at Pierce who just make things tick, make things go, and what better way? We are in the month of mental health awareness, and which is crucial for us all, especially in a time where we're dealing with the pandemic, we're dealing with um, so many racial tensions, and just, I mean, nonstop. It's, it's almost nonstop, isn't it? But today we want to uh, bring that to the forefront and address mental health awareness and what that looks like here at Pierce. And so today, we are joined by two of my amazing friends, Brenda Rogers and Jennifer Wright, who are experts. I call them experts in this field. And they are the ones who are there to support faculty, staff, students as they go along their educational journey. You know, and us as faculty and staff, we're trying to figure out how we can support our students. And so what better two individuals do it? we lean on? I know I've gotten to work with Brenda on some projects and Jennifer, I only got to help her so with IT stuff, but I knew she, I knew she was always there. So with that said, Brenda and Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And I will leave it up to you to just introduce yourself and, and what's your title here at Pierce and what brought you to Pierce? Oh, thank you, Joey. That's an awesome introduction. And Nikki, thank you as well. We are so happy to be here and talk to you during Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so my name is Jennifer, as Joey said, and I am a faculty counselor. And so what that means is that I am one of three of our counselors across the district that offer uh, free confidential mental health counseling to our students, as well as consultation services to our students and consultation to our staff, our faculty, our administration. So really, we try to be everywhere and we try to uh, make our services known on all campuses across the district. When we were on campus, I was mostly over at Puyallup and um, I would also try to cover over at JBLM once a week as well. Also, our third counselor, Megan Irby, wasn't able to be with us today, but when she's uh, back on campus, she is also at Fort Stillicum. Awesome. And I'm Brenda Rogers and what she said. So yeah, we have the <laughs> same title. <laughs> I'm a faculty nice. counselor. Um, it, you know, if you're looking at we have our bios on the website. If you wanted to get to know a little bit more about us, our backgrounds, we have a little bit different training. So I'm a marriage and family therapist and Jennifer's a licensed mental health counselor, but we do the same work and we do the same job. And uh, my job was when we were on campus was to float between the mostly Puyallup, Puyallup and Fort Stillicum. But now that we're remote, we are all serving all students across the district, regardless. Right, so translation is samesies, right? That's what's samesies. Samesies. There you go. Yes, samesies. Well, it's nice to uh, to meet you both virtually. So I had a question. I know both of you mentioned your locations when we're on campus. Um, and now that everything's virtual, have you seen a major shift 
in how many people you're able to reach now that everything is virtual? Do you think it's easier for people to reach out to you and to have these conversations with you? Or have you noticed a, a different pattern? That's a really good question. Uh, so we had, like everybody else, little to no time to kind of go, oh, we're working from home. <laughs> um, and I remember it was just kind of this panic of, uh, okay, we're doing this. And we knew that telehealth was a thing and that, um, you know, a lot of people in private practice have utilized telehealth. We had just never offered it at Pierce College. Um, we were always in person. So when this happened, I remember... I remember talking with both Megan and Brenda and I was like, eh, it'll be like two weeks and we'll be back on campus. <laughs> we just, we just got to figure out something for the interim. Um, so over a year later, we are now <laughs> continuing to work from home and we switched to telehealth. And, you know, when I think back to how I was feeling about it, I remember thinking we're going to lose the connection. You know, we have to be in the room. I have to sit next to someone and kind of feel the energy in the room and see their face and be there with them. And actually quite the opposite happened. And I was just so surprised at what I realized when we switched to telehealth. It was not only, um, I think, an extra layer of support that we can now offer students and I hope that we continue to offer students this option. But now we didn't have to worry about students not being able to show up because they had something, you know, conflicting or traffic was horrible and they couldn't get there in time or whatever. We we were right there in their house with them now with telehealth and the element of not being in the room physically with them. Well, we now had the added bonus of I get to sit in their house with them virtually. So when they explain to me all the distractions going on at home or what it's like at home, I can see it. Like I can see. You can actually the see them trying to change the diaper as they're trying to fill yes. in their class schedule. Yes. And all that, right? I can see, you know, and hear when the kids are like, I need cereal and the cat's walking across the computer and the dog's barking and Amazon's dropping off a delivery. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a connecting human experience that we're all in together and we get to invite each other into our homes to see this extra layer of humanness <laughs> yeah it's uh it's opened up the door i think it, it's as much as we've endured in the obstacles um this all really has been a blessing in disguise in many ways as well right because it's challenged us to be more prepared for our students and as a result of that, we have found more ways to connect with them and, and more so, you know, where they're at. Because, you know, they're the ones that are often on the tablets and their phones and uh, whatever else, their laptops. And so now that we are building a capacity to support them on that front, that just makes us that that much more uh, prepared to really address mm -hmm. those needs. Right. So that's a, it, it. has It really has been a blessing in disguise in that sense. Brenda, how do you feel? Uh, I have really enjoyed it, actually. It's been a lot of fun. It was something, I was in private practice before I came to Pierce, and it was something I had looked at for my private practice, but did not do. And so this forced me into the deep end, and I actually really loved it. I love being able to see their families or the inside of their car or wherever they're meeting me from. And it's nice to be able to offer evening appointments or really early ones if they've got, you know, a work schedule where 
they need to be meeting before work or after work. And those were things that I wasn't really able to do on campus. So it's been really nice to have so much more flexibility. And the best thing for me, because before I was always sort of floating. So I do two days, one campus, three days, the next. And then I didn't really go to JBLM. I was at Puyallup while Jennifer was at JBLM. <laughs> and so it let me be able to say, when can you come? And every student had access to my full calendar instead of saying, you know what? Next week, I'm here Tuesday and Thursday. Could you come one of those days? Oh, you can't? Oh, could you go to the other campus? Oh, you can't? Oh, well, okay. Well, let's see what other day we can find. And now it's just sort of like, what's your schedule? And I feel like I am much more sort of available to them or at their service. More flexibility, right? Yeah, it's been really nice to be able to do that and not have to worry that if there is a student that I do feel like clinically that I need to see again, that I really can't. So then I'm ending up calling them from the other campus uh, and not seeing them at all. And so it's been really nice to, to be able to offer that. And now, um, Jennifer, I know earlier you mentioned telehealth. What, what does that encompass? So what else is telehealth? Um, so, and jump in with me, Brenda. Telehealth is the opportunity to meet with a client virtually. So meet with our, with our students virtually. When we switched over to um, working remote, we looked at platforms that we could work on that would be HIPAA compliant because we still want that level of security with our appointments being confidential. So um, we ended up finding a platform called DoxyMe, and it is actually a lot of doctors are using it too for their virtual doctor's appointments. Um, but what it is, is it's a free platform. There's no downloading of anything. It's just uh, a link to our virtual office and our virtual waiting rooms where we can send it to students and they click in and can meet with us for that hour session. And we don't have to worry about, you know, any of the session being recorded. It is, uh, it is safe and we don't have to worry about anyone, um, you know, breaking into the session. It is a secure portal for that. Um, separate to telehealth, we also offer telephone appointments now. So for students that um, can't or meet, maybe just depending on what their situation is, internet connection, all of those things, it's easier for them to just take a phone call and step away and kind of find a quiet place to, to talk. Um, that's another option of an appointment. And telephone is considered telehealth as well. So it's just that we're not in the same location, but we're still having it... Um, with technology, I guess. So phone, video, yes. I don't know yes. if there's another option, but those are the two that we offer. Yes. Those are the two we're offering. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so say there's a student who's listening. How do they find you guys? Where should they go in order to possibly set up an appointment with you or a consultation? Um, it's pretty much the same as it's always been, minus walking to the Student Success Center and uh, getting an appointment with the front desk. So we are very accessible. We can um, make appointments through email. They can call us directly. Um, there is a counseling page on the Pierce College website. So, and it's got all of our contact information, email, phone number. Um, well, you don't do pigeons. How else can they contact us? <laughs> 
They still can call student success, and actually we've had quite a few appointments booked through student success if they're talking to one of the um, the front desk workers at any of the campuses, and they will, you know, put put our appointments in as well. Yeah, asking anything? somebody who works there. So talk mm -hmm. to an advisor or maybe some one of your instructors. Uh, anybody you see in the hallway say, how do I get a hold of the counseling people? Well, I guess we're not in the hallway. What am I saying? So anybody who's in your Zoom or one of your instructors. <laughs> nice. And so my follow-up question to that is, um, what advice can you give a student? And now, first of all, clarify for me, you guys are there. Are you there for strictly students or are you? Okay. So you guys are just there for counseling service for our, for right. our students. So in that case, um, for our students, I'm thinking back to Joey at CWU, who knew nothing about a counselor, who knew nothing about the importance of mental health and, and how that can affect me um, along the way. So what advice do you have um, for those students out there who still have that hesitancy or still have that notion? And again, I'm speaking for myself, but that notion of, hey, if I go to a counselor, then that means something's wrong with yeah. me. And not more of the notion of, hey, this is something that healthy people mm -hmm. do is go and talk and and talk it out loud. Because, you know, sometimes there's things that you just don't know or you don't even realize until you say it out loud and you say it in a space where you feel comfortable, you feel safe or you feel not judged. So what advice could you give to students out there that may be a little bit hesitant, but know that they they do need that kind of support? I usually try to share and, and connect with um, my own story with that. And so I was a first generation college student and I uh, started off in community college and I was completely lost. Plus I grew up in a foreign country. and So I was also dealing with culture shock. Okay, follow, real yeah. quick, where is that? Oh, I uh, used to live in Southeast Asia um, during my younger years in Malaysia. And then I um, went wow. to high school in Australia. I used to have a really cool accent. Oh, man. I lost my Australian accent. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I was dealing with culture shock too, because which I didn't know. But I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and lost when I went to college because I was in a new place. I didn't know anybody um, and nobody in my family had ever gone to college. So I didn't have like anybody to talk to about the experience. Um, and I remember an instructor had said, you know, we have counselors. And I thought just that I was like, I'm not there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just struggling right now. But the more uh, I thought about it and the more I saw them out and about on campus, like, you know, at different events or, you know, holding different um, informational sessions and stuff, I thought, well, they seem pretty cool and approachable. I always envisioned a counselor or a therapist to be, you know, like Freud and I'd have to lay on a couch and I'd be psychoanalyzed and it'd be some guy smoking a pipe. And let's, <laughs> let's dig deep right. in how does that make you feel? And let's feel? talk about your family. And like, wait a yeah, minute, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, and I was surprised. It was the complete opposite, right? It was, it felt like I had my own personal cheerleader that just wanted the best for me and to figure out like, 
you know, what can we do to figure out how to make things better for you? And, um, what are different things that we can try? And it was, uh, it was just this space of like no judgment, right? Like just, oh, I can talk openly here and it's confidential and I, I feel supported and it just, it made all the difference in the world. So it kind of led me to the path of becoming a counselor. Cause I was like this, like stepped in at a crucial point in my life when I'm going to argue that when you are in college, it is high stress just to be a student, not to mention all the other things that are going on in your life. Not to mention that this last year we all went through a, a pandemic. So, and social unrest and all the things, right? So yeah, it just, So I share that story to say, you don't have to be broken to come see one of us and speak. What we want to do is get out ahead of things before they get to a point where you feel like you just, you don't have the energy to even ask for the help, right? It's more maintenance. And, and then I always end that with, and by the way, everybody should be in therapy and I'm a therapist and I'm in therapy. So you should all be in therapy. (laughs) So there you go. It's like, it is, it, it's, it's so crucial. It's something that took me a long time to understand. And so Brenda, what, what would you say to those students who, who may see you and, and, and you're, you're ready and willing um, to have them in your space so that you can get to know them and support them? So what, what advice would you have to say, hey, here I am for you? I, I mean, I love what Jennifer said. I'm not, I won't go into my story, but I will say... Please, a little bit, if you're comfortable. Oh, you yeah. want to yes, hear that? Oh, story, this is, yeah. This is your time well. to shine. We would love to know about you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's see. I grew up between two dairy farms. Uh, there were no counselors there. It was a one-stop late town. And there you go. Everybody knew everybody. Um, and then... Yeah, I had some older siblings, and my parents never went to college, but my brothers and sisters did, and they were quite a bit older than me. So when I went to college, I would sometimes call them and say, like, what do I do? And they'd say, I don't know, but I'm busy, like, with my kids or with whatever else I got going on. (laughs) And uh, so my parents were like, I can't help you. You should call them. And I would call them, and they would say, well, I don't know. I've been out for so long. I don't know if I remember anymore. So anyway, so kind of on my own. But I... I had a really rough time in high school, actually, super rough. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that went down and um, bullying and, you know, if there's a rumor that gets started in a little tiny school, uh, when everybody knows everybody, that's kind of not good. Mm -hmm. So um, my mom was worried about me. So she took me to a counselor and I remember sitting there thinking, wow, I can like say anything and I can um, not show up at my grandma's door uh, because her friend told her or something like that and that is awesome and one day I'm gonna have her job and I did it took me a while to get here because I had to pay off some student loan debt first I didn't think it would be wise to keep going and building the debt so I did some other stuff first and so kind of a late bloomer in that way but here I am and what I often will tell students is, you know, if you don't know, if you want counseling, then you don't have to sign up for it. And that's the nice thing about peers. We'll just call it a consultation. You can come in and we'll talk about whatever's going on like right now, present day stuff. I won't be digging into your backpack of life to see what you got in there and what you've been carrying around with you unless and until you decide you want to. 
And if we do a little bit of work together, or even in this moment right now, you decide I'm not the one for you, that's okay. It's my job to help you find the one that is for you. And so if we can go and do that together and I can get you a good referral, I'm happy to do that. And if you wanna just work together on just what's going on with the anxiety you're having about this one presentation, that's fine. Let's do that. And I feel like it's, it's something like having a personal trainer. I also say that about the tutoring center. You know, I could work out by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could muscle through it, but I get a better yes. workout and I feel a little better when I have somebody who is there helping me, like helping to guide me. And that's kind of what I see my role as, as the counselors. I'm not there to judge you. I'm not there to tell you how you should do it because I'm not you and I don't, I don't know. I think you know how you should do it. And it's my job to help you do that well do that in a way that works for you, in a way that fits. And I think most of the time people come into counseling because something's not going well. They know something isn't going as well as I wanted it to, or I, you know, now I'm in this spot, I'm not sure how I got here, but I don't like it and I wanna get out. And it's just my job to sort of be that support. But, and, you know, we don't even diagnose here, which is kind of another nice thing that I can tell people is, we're not a full service counseling center. We do short term work. We don't offer diagnoses. So no worry about that because we can't do it anyway. So it's fine. I mean, we're <laughs> licensed, but Pierce doesn't allow us to. So we're not looking for that either when you come in. So yeah. I like if you were to go Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. If you were to go to an agency or, or another counselor out in the community, especially if you wanted to use insurance, they will have to diagnose because that's how they get paid. But because we don't do that here, it's part of your tuition. You can just come in and get that support and talk and uh, color or draw or whatever you need to do, cry <laughs> in that room. You can do that and we're not judging you and we're not looking to diagnose you and we're just wanting to help you and help you get the resources if you don't have them. And if you do have them, help you figure out how to use them well. And that's, that's what our goal is. I like comparing it to, to being a personal trainer. There's really, you know, helping you be your best self and getting there with the tools that you have available and just really aiding you on that journey. And it, it just the way that you both put it, you know, there's no ties, there's no pressure. It's a really welcoming environment. So just the way that you've really introduced that. I mean, yeah. And, and removing those barriers, yeah. or like you said, not having to worry about being diagnosed with anything, because like I said, that stigma of mm -hmm. feeling like something's wrong with you or anything like that. Um, and then again, going back to our college, look, we don't got no kind of money to pay for this stuff. So the fact that this is something that's already in your tuition. So you, for all you students out there, if you heard that it doesn't cost you, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't cost you anything to come see these two amazing women who are here for you um, to support you and, like I said, train you up, get you ready for whatever the day may bring. And there's no commute time. You don't have to worry about traffic or getting somewhere. You just open up your tablet or your computer or whatever, and they're right there. So, I mean, that's a great aspect, too. So um, a follow-up question that I have for the both of you is why counseling? Why, what, uh, Brenda, you spoke to it a little bit um, from high, from your high school experience, um, but if both of you could just kind of speak to or, or elaborate a little bit on, on how you came to know that, hey, you know what, I'm going to be a counselor, and, and even beyond that, I'm going to be a counselor for college students. So, Brenda, I know you spoke that you came from private practice to come into this realm. 
Whereas Jennifer, you've kind of you came up in this this setting. So um, if you could just kind of talk to that is, is why counseling and why here? Why at Pierce? Uh, let's see. I always think that's a, like a big question. Why counseling? No pressure. No pressure. I actually don't remember. Uh, no pressure. I actually don't remember what I was <laughs> thinking at 17. Besides, I want her job. What I do love, though, and I, I, I've had a few different careers, you know, coming out of undergraduate, I was trying to find another job or another career that I thought would be as amazing as being a counselor, because that was kind of my dream. And I wasn't sure it's a few points if I was ever going to get there, because life's hard, and I had a family and all the things, right? And so things get in the way, and then you think, oh, I'll just have to do that later. And... When is later? I don't know. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. Uh, so I tried a few things. I taught elementary school. I worked for Department of Health for a little while. I I could actually see you as an elementary teacher, <laughs> I was believe it or the not. Same thing. I could see Miss <laughs> Rogers' class. Like, everybody line up, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tried to be really crafty, and I had actually a bulletin board. You know, at the beginning of school, it said Mrs. Rogers' Neighborhood, right? Because Mr. Rogers. And then everybody got to make I their own that. house and put it in the neighborhood. And uh, the kids didn't get it. Their parents would come in at open house and say, that's cute. And I was thinking, oh, like... And it was way over yes. their heads. They had no I'm idea. I'm too old. So anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so I did that for a little while. I um, actually worked in a nursing home. I have a degree in psychology and gerontology, so working with older adults. And that's what I kind of set out to do, uh, hoping that it would be as awesome as this. And every time did it for a while and thought, this isn't what I want to do either. Like, I just still really want to be a counselor. And I finally got here, and it is everything I thought it would be. It's so much fun. Ask, I mean, you can ask Jennifer. I'll be like, oh, I want to do it today. And then I'll see some students and then be like, hey, how was your lunch? Right? So it just kind of brings me energy and lifts me up. And it's just really fun. I love helping people. I love talking not in groups or in this setting makes me super nervous <laughs> but, but i oh, i oh love man. talking to people in small groups or one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> so <laughs> that works out um, and i i really love trying to figure out when people talk to me i don't know if you guys ever had anyone say this in school uh, your teachers might have said you know when you read you get a movie in your head yeah, like you, you get that mental image. Yeah. yeah, you get that image. Yeah, so that didn't happen for me, which might explain why I think reading is a bit boring. And so I prefer magazines because there's pictures because I'm super visual. Gotcha. But when people tell me a story, when they're telling me their story, I get a movie in my head and I get pictures and I start seeing the puzzle come together. And then it's so it's super exciting to hear people's stories. So I'm not there to judge you. I'm there to like listen and whoa right because i'm like living it with you uh, because that's where the pictures come and that's what i think makes my job super fun but i also i like to think that that's what helps me help people get ideas like other ways to look at what's going on because our, our problems are multifaceted right like a jewel and we just tilt it just a little bit the light shines on a different spot and so if 
I can do that because as I'm listening and getting this picture and asking questions to make sure that my picture matches their picture, sometimes you get that little shift and you get just a little light shining on a different part and then they'll say, oh, and then they have an idea of what they can do to make things. And that's where I say, like, I'm not there to tell you how to do it. <laughs> I believe you know how to do it. It's just that we just got to shift it a little to get you some wiggle room so that, you know, you can you can think. And that's the part I that love I love that. I love that. That's how you know. That's how you know you are made for this job, right? When those pictures in your head, they just come to you naturally from talking with your with your clients and in comparison to, you know, reading a book or something like that. So it sounds like you were made for it is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Answering the call. Yeah. Well, I thought that that's how it was for everybody. But I am learning because, like I said, I haven't been doing this all that long. I am learning that that's not how it is for everybody. <laughs> but I thought for sure that that's why everybody was drawn to this because of course they were getting these same pictures. And that's why sometimes I'll do a drawing and I'll ask people to do drawings and stuff in the room or even with telehealth, I'll say, do you have paper and pencil? <laughs> Can you draw this out? And I will have these um, things like this, these little rudimentary little drawings that I will say like, this is what I'm thinking in my head and I'll put it up in the video and they'll look and anyway, we can still have those moments on a video and it I think is, is helpful, but I thought every counselor had that and I'm learning that maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> what did that look like for you? When did you find out that, that some people when they're reading will have these movies in their head that you weren't seeing? And then well, the teachers always told me that mm. keep reading. Oh, you'll love chapter books because they'll when you read, you'll get a movie in your head and you'll get to see it. And it's fascinating. You can just escape into the book. And I was like, oh, even the best chapter book, I can't finish them. So then I started reading them from the back, right? Because I wanted to know I read like the first few chapters and then I'd read the back <laughs> and skip the middle because I wanted to know what happened. But I just, it just, I don't, it just doesn't, my brain just doesn't work that way. But when I hear stories or when I see something somebody's drawn for me, it's a Yeah, that, me and you are alike in that sense. Like it, there's only... I could probably count on one hand the amount of books I actually was able to read front to back. And even then, it was still a little bit hard. Like, I, I need the, those pictures and stuff. I was the kid that collected the Goosebump books and never read any of them. I just wanted to be cool to say, hey, I got them all. Let's check this out. Oh, did you read the part? No, I didn't read that. I just, I have, just have them. I just know that. I just need to know. Well, that. the artwork was really cool on the covers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was the best yeah. part. Yes. Was like, come on, man. And just a little. I don't need to read it. Just look at the cover. It's awesome. That's it. Just a, just a little detour. Netflix is doing a whole R.L. Stein like reboot of all those good See, books. see, okay. Yeah. I know what I'm going to be watching this summer then. <laughs> yes. Jennifer always knows this. Stuff. Yeah. So Jennifer, yeah, you tell tell us tell us why why oh, why counseling and why here at here. Okay, so I guess if I had to really like go in the way way back machine I would say that um maybe at the time I didn't realize it but later one of my talents would have been um connecting with people like on a deep level fast right I'd want to cut through all the like surface stuff and just kind of be like let's just you know get to know each other and what you're about and how can I support you how can you support me I, I was always searching for 
those kind of friendships that were like deep and meaningful. Even as a young kid, my mom was like, yeah, you, you'd go deep. <laughs> like it was weird, like how emotionally mature you were. <laughs> you were like, um, a, you were like the five-year-old, like, mom, tell me what you're going I was. to do right now so <laughs> oh, yeah. I can understand. And she's, exactly. she's looking she's at you like, like, will you just take that sippy cup and go somewhere, please? <laughs> exactly. So anyways, um, so I had this kind of like really empathic emotional side about me. And then I think because I grew up, you know, moving a lot, it was like, I got to get into these schools. I got to meet new friends. I got to get to know them. I got to squeeze everything I can out of this because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I found that I was always trying to make connection and just, you know, um, have these lasting friendships. And so then my hardest time was actually when I went to college because of the culture shock, because I was first generation, I didn't know what I was doing and I had no direction. And so I actually attribute, uh, the path that I'm on to my, um, academic student success advisor, <laughs> whom I'm friends with. And I still keep in touch with today. We see each other every year and hang out. And she was assigned to me because she saw all the international students. And so they just lumped me in with the international students. And um, so I'm kind of getting to the end of my associate's degree. And she says, Ooh, so are you going to declare a major? Like, what, what are you thinking? And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll just be a nurse. And she like laughed at me. Oh, no. And she, she did. She was like, have you seen your science grades? Oh. Like, you're not going to be a nurse. <laughs> oh, man. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I really don't like science. So she, <laughs> didn't, like, was, she was bringing the hard truth. Like, you know what? She did. I want you to be successful and I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> she did. She did. And she brought that hard truth. And, and because it was her and because of the relationship she had built with me over the past, you know, couple of years of that support, I totally was like, you're right. It was from a place of I love, do? right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love. She, she wasn't saying it to down you in no. any way. It was from a place no. of love. It was. But she's like, I got to I got to tell you, you know, if it, you're going to have a lot of work ahead of you and you're going to have to redo some classes if you want to be a nurse. And I was like, oh no. So she said, well, what classes do you like? And I said, psychology. And she goes, why don't you pursue that? So, you know, I just kind of, I did. I started taking more and more psychology classes and really like just devoured them. Each one I was learning more things and finding ways to connect the dots, so to speak, with, you know, relationships um, that had impacted my life and maybe why I reacted the way I did. So I got really introspective too. And then um, I got married while I was still in college and I married um, a spouse that's in the military. And so I didn't even like know that that was a whole different culture in and of itself. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. So the moving for me didn't stop. I kept moving around and then I really kind of got in, in this, I want to work with the military and I want to work in trauma. And that's where I did a lot of my training. A lot of my background was in that. So before I came to Pierce college, um, I was working pretty heavily with active duty military and their families. I also spent quite a bit of time um, working on different grants and nonprofits. And so that also gave me like a whole nother area of 
interest more in like the case management realm and connecting people with resources. When I first moved to Washington, I worked on a veterans homeless prevention grant. And that was like some really awesome work to get to know all the resources that were was around Western Washington. And um, after that, I went and worked at Goodwill for a little while on a uh, veterans transition grant where military was was leaving active duty and transitioning into civilian life, which also very challenging time for people, a time of transition. And I love the work, but at some point I kind of felt like, oh, this is getting too close to home. You know, just hearing the different stories and working in that trauma all day. I was my, you know, my spouse is someone that has, um, deployed often throughout our marriage. And so I just kind of needed to, to change it up. And, um, and I saw this posting for Pierce college and I thought that was some of the happiest times of my life when I was a college student. I wonder if I could get a job there. So I applied and luckily they hired me. Um, Thankfully, and, they hired you both. Yeah, Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> we have you both here. So, you know, that's just kind of, I don't know. That's just how it all came to be. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what I want to follow up with that is, is, and I have this image in my head of a video I saw. Um, and it was, uh, I want to say like a, a elementary or high school teacher. And the teacher, the, the school cameras catch him coming down the hallway and you can just tell that he is he is exhausted physically, mentally, everything. And he's walking down the classroom um, and the angle that this camera has him, like you can see his face. And just before he walks in to the room, he just kind of does one of those and turns on a smile and walks into his classroom. And it was one of the most amazing but realest things possible that I could have seen is that these are still human beings that have things that they're dealing with themselves. Uh, and that's not always easy to show up to work and be balancing both of that. And so to compound that with being a counselor, what do you both do for yourselves? Like uh, Brenda, like you said, you spoke of is like, sometimes, you know, you talk to Jennifer and it's like, man, I don't know if I have it today, but what do you do to, to stay mentally strong and healthy um, especially on those days where it may be harder than others or, or that you might be dealing with something yourself, but you know that you need to come into this workspace to be able to support a student. Uh, how, do, how do you kind of balance that? Or was, what does that look like for you? I think I realized early on um, that I wasn't paying enough attention to self-care. You know, it's a term that we throw around a lot as counselors, like, take care of yourself. What are you doing for yourself? And I wasn't doing it. <laughs> and I realized that by not replenishing and, and giving myself that time for care that I was trying to give for others with an empty cup. So I started kind of making some radical shifts to get my health in alignment, to get routines in my in my day and my week that were things that I uh, enjoyed and that would like help with my overall health. Um, I got my own counselor and she's awesome and I've seen her for a few years now and we work pretty regularly together. And so knowing that I have her to check in with has been awesome. 
I try not to be checking emails all hours and on the weekend. Um, I try to dive into different books or shows that are just for fun because, I mean, I could um, be doing continuing education 24-7, but, you know, sometimes I just need a break. Like, gotta, I got to escape to a fantasy world, maybe. Um, yeah, that's why I like Harry Potter so much. Nice. <laughs> right? Um I started reaching out and trying to make a community that, um, you know, uh, maybe interests or things that I'd always had but never done. I started saying yes to things and just trying new things. So one of the big things that I found more recently was I joined a Dungeons and Dragons group. Uh And so, yeah, yeah. We've been on the same campaign now for two years, but this group is just lovely and we come from all different walks of life and we just, you know play Dungeons and Dragons, right? Nice. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. And then for the physical health, I I got into dancing and uh, I used to dance when I was a kid and I walked away from it for many years and I, uh, I was at a seminar one day or a training where someone was like, why did you stop doing the things you loved as a kid? And I thought like, yeah, why did I stop that? So I was walking by a dance studio one night over on sixth Avenue in Tacoma and I peeked my head in and I said, um, how much to take lessons? (laughs) And they were like, well, come on in. So before I knew it, I was in dance class, um, And that quickly led to, oh, this is a way for me to completely unplug because if I'm not present and grounded in the the very moment of movement, I will mess up and my partner will feel it, right? Because it's partner dancing. So, um, So it was this great like complete area for me to just unplug and unwind. So now that is very much a part of my daily life. I train, uh, I have a partner, we compete together. It's just been like so much fun. So that means and when Pierce has its own Dancing with the Stars, you are going to be the first oh contestant God, no. for that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I tried all the dances and I landed on uh, Argentine Tango. And so that's what we compete in. And also we have an instructor up in Seattle that we meet every week. And um, it's just been like a totally different world from higher education and counseling. But it's just fun to have all of that going on. So and when you said been, saying yes, I instantly had Jim Carrey pop in my head of the yes man same. movie. Like he's just saying yes to everything. Actually, I, I that's that was the uh, like what I used for it. I was like, okay, Jim Carrey was able to say yes. I'm going to just start saying yes to things. <laughs> Love Jim Carrey. <laughs> and I did it. That was an yeah. awesome movie. <laughs> When I love what you said, too, about, um, you know, I think you mentioned that that your friend asked you, why did you stop doing the things that you loved so much as a kid? And that really hit home, too, for me, because I think for a lot of people as well, if we all ask ourselves that and pursue what made us so happy when we were younger and didn't have as many, you know, worries, you know, that's a game changer as well. It totally was. And when I really dug down and asked that question, I thought, well, adults don't dance. And then I thought, wait a minute, they do. I see them competing, like on Dancing with the Stars. I could do this. So I just kind of pushed through that idea that I had that that's not who I am anymore and thought, step out of your comfort zone. What's the worst that could happen? And now I'm, you know, 
way out of my comfort zone but having a blast <laughs> and that's what matters <laughs> brenda what about you i like to cook i don't know i have i went back to grad school for this with a toddler so i've never done this without kids and i think you know mom guilt and kids schedules sometimes don't lend themselves nicely to taking care of us so i tell myself I love art and I like to paint and make things, but doing that with children at the table is not always peaceful or relaxing for me. <laughs> it just leads to a lot of cleaning up messes and other things. And so sometimes that's what I would love to do, but I can't. And so I will uh, tell myself that I will be creative in my cooking because that's something that I can do and the family also benefits. So. I do a lot of that, cooking and baking, and I also love the water. So a lot of the pools are still closed, but being in the water, being near the water, going to you know Lincoln Park in West Seattle and you know throwing rocks or whatever. That is amazing that it's you just said park. that because I just trails. went there this weekend it for is. the first time. It is humongous, and it's like this forest, and then you just come down and, and there's right swings by the water. right like, at the was, water. That was awesome. I don't know how you knew. How did you know that? Get out of my head, David Blaine. How did you know that? <laughs> Joey, does this mean you're taking up hiking? I I didn't go like uh, there was like that's a long stretch. Like Lincoln it's Park, very it, long. If you walk it, you could walk all the way down almost to Alki. I, I believe so. If you really wanted to, but it it was it was amazing. Like I'm I'm trying to do that. Get out more. Nikki is is encouraging me, so I'm trying to I'm trying. You know, but well. That was a that was a lovely spot. Well, I, when I the like Coleman Lincoln Pool <laughs> opens, that is a saltwater pool, and it's cool because when you're inside, you just look straight out at Puget Sound, so it's kind of cool. I was wondering what I thought it was a playground at first, and then it was like all blocked up. Then when I went around to the front end, I was like, "Oh, this is a pool." Oh, yeah, okay. saltwater pool. No, this said that was a nice area down there. I'm I'm so ashamed of sometimes of this. I, there's so much of Washington I just don't know. There's so many towns and cities and spots that I I, I can, I'm I'm almost ashamed to say I'm a Washingtonian <laughs> sometimes because it's like I still don't know nothing about this place. <laughs> Ditto. It's hard to get out of where we usually are. And then I find that oh there's a spot and then that's like all that I go to. I don't go and try the new places. Like a creature of habit. But yeah, I I love being by the water. So I'll try to go, you know, rest in ways great and just somewhere where I can be by the water. I love the the water, the ocean. So those are those are usually trips for me. The kids want to go to the park, and most of those spots have parks for kids, which is great because it's a win win. <laughs> but I would just want to be by the water. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's happy. Uh, and then my most recent thing, and of course I have a counselor who's lovely and. Um, I find her, it's really helpful because she can help me with my stuff, but when you're a counselor, you don't get to share with everybody. I don't get to go home and say, guess what I heard today? I don't, even if you don't sign up for counseling, you just want to do a consultation, I still don't get to. So uh, you have to only talk to other counselors for your consultation, or you can talk to your therapist. And so sometimes I will sort of unload stuff there that I don't want to keep carrying with me. Uh, but writing, drawing, talking to my therapist, and then recently I've gone back to acupuncture. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. 
Yeah, no, you guys, I knew you guys had something in the bag to, to take care of yourselves. And I love uh, what Jennifer said about, you know, some of those things that you used to do as a kid. Like one thing I I tapped into a couple years ago that and it, it wasn't until I started doing it, it brought all these memories back. But one of the most calming things I got to do as a kid with my mom was coloring. And so like she used to be the dopest person to color. And I'd be like, Ma, I can't ever colored in the lines like you do and just she would teach me how to do that and so fast forward you know just trying to find some things to do with my boys and once I started I was like this is awesome I, why did I stop coloring this is so <laughs> much fun and so much of a stress relief like I need to do this so now I got a I got a plethora of coloring books and all that just just because when I wanted to space out with that <laughs> awesome I've started painting rocks with my kids and then we'll take them and leave them places. So that is super fun. Yes. There you go. I've seen a couple painted rocks out on my adventures. Maybe that was the work of Maybe. you and your kids. And if it's somewhere that we go <laughs> frequently, we'll, we'll put it somewhere. We'll take a picture, like if we put it in the neighborhood. And then we go out and walk. So that also is a way to get them out of the house and see how long they last. Because people like to pick them up and take them with them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Yes. True. So now you both you both have mentioned a couple of things that you've picked up, you know, dancing, going for walks, painting. What else would you I guess what other advice do you give um, your students, for example, especially during a pandemic on how to stay healthy, both mentally and physically? That is an awesome question. Um, first of all, what I would say or what I would acknowledge is that this was like. I don't know that there's ever been a time that we've all been alive that we've gone through something like this collectively. And so, you know, when we found our students coming to us and talking about the struggles of this pandemic, like we were right there with them. Like, yeah, join the club, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, welcome, uh-huh. welcome. Um, so one of the really cool things that came out of this for me, which I was not anticipating was, uh, you know, I was struggling at first thinking, am I even doing counseling with some of these students? Like they just they're checking in and telling me how it's going and everything. It seems okay, but like, we're not, we're not really digging in and maybe I should be doing more. And then I realized, Oh, wait a minute. It's about connection. And, you know, we're looking at the same people every day in our house and we're not talking to different people and we're trying to just, you know, be productive at home. And maybe this is just about checking in with each other and like being honest. So I started trying something different with students where I was like, all right, let me tell you about my week, you know, and that's not usually something that <laughs> we generally do is talk a lot about ourselves, which I still didn't talk a lot about myself, but I was trying to connect on a different level. Like, here's what I've tried. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. What are you doing? You know, like, let's compare notes. And um, out of that came some really fun, different things that I tried on recommendation of students and they tried things that I had recommended. And then we would check back with each other and be like, okay, what did you think? What did you think of the show? What did you think of, you know, this social media thing that I told you to check out or whatever else? And, and together we started building, sorry, together we started building like a toolbox of things that we could do during this pandemic that, 
that wasn't limiting us to just staring at a screen and watching the news and getting depressed and getting anxious because we knew that that was going to happen for all of us. So it was like, all right, and what else can we try? And before I knew it, students were getting so creative with like the things they were doing to, you know, just kind of like have all this time. Um, I, I, the saying that really stuck with me is, you know, we've always said, I've always said, if I only had time, I'm so busy. I commute, I do this, I work, and when I'm home, I'm tired. Well, now I have time and there's only so many hours I can sleep. So what am I going to do with this time? Um, and so we started to challenge each other and that seriously made all the difference. And now I'm like, you know, I had a lot of failed things that I tried, but I also had some things that I tried that are going to stick, right? Um, my husband has been making fun of me for the past year. He's like, so let's just recap. You tried aerial yoga, the ukulele, video games. Uh, <laughs> you tried green dramas. You tried, you know, like all the things. If the students were like, hey, this worked for me, I was like, I'm going to try it. This worked for me, you try it. So um, it was just fun. It was fun to connect on that level during this time. And to, and it also helped to have some of those really hard, deep conversations, especially when, you know, we're watching the news, we're watching the political unrest, civil unrest. Oh, it, it just, it was it's draining. It's it draining. It's draining. Right? Yeah. It was a time that we were all glued to media and our hearts were breaking collectively. So it was a time to connect and I am, I am grateful that we were able to do that together. What about advice for anyone listening as we kind of transition back into everything opening up again and going back to possibly commuting and being surrounded by so many people? I mean, we've been in this space where there's no one around us for so long. How does that look now for people going back into, I don't know if you want to call it a normal life again, but you know, just getting back to how things were before? I think that's a little tricky because we haven't done it before. True. Right? We've never been here before. It's all new territory for all of us. But it does seem like, you know, it took us a while to get here. It took us a while to get comfortable wearing masks. And then the first time that you don't wear one and you realize you're the only one, it's weird. It's really kind of <laughs> awkward. <laughs> and then you're thinking, wait, oh, I guess I should have it on. Oh, wait. I don't know what, what's happening right now. Uh, so I think it's, I think kind of expecting it to be awkward is okay. I think that's a good place to start. Give ourselves some grace, give our neighbors some grace because we haven't done this one before. And, you know, I think I keep thinking, you know, go back to normal, which right. what is normal? I'm not sure that mm -hmm. there is a normal, like perfect. I don't know that that exists either. But it's kind of the word we use, but I don't know that it's going to look like that because hopefully we learn some things mm -hmm. and we will improve. And so it won't go back to the normal. It'll be the new, the new baseline. I like that right? term. I was trying to think of what to really phrase it as, but I, I like know. that better. Yeah, it's, well, it's hard to know even what to call this, mm -hmm. right? So, but I think it's important to remember that everybody's in it. We're all doing it for the first time together. And as Paris reopens and tries to figure out what's going on and make their way uh, based on, you know, what other schools are doing and, you know, what's sort of expected in other places, we just have to be 
try to be a little flexible with ourselves and and you know with our neighbors and everybody around us because I think it's just it's hard Mm -hmm. but you know it it creates anxiety when we have a Mm -hmm. new thing it can make things really scary and it you know the unexpected or newness tends to do that for people make people feel a little more vulnerable than before I love how you said um giving yourself a lot of grace because I feel like it's hard just that's where we all need to be starting from it's so hard and and for me like uh the word that keeps coming up is overwhelming and um I just think about what I haven't been around people for so long like you want me to be in a crowded area like I I do think that we're going to see in future studies that, yes, there was a lot of trauma around this and a lot of PTSD, right? Like a lot going on for people because of the heightened stress and anxiety of safety. Um, You know, and even when I think about taking off my mask, I I was in the store the other day and, but you know, the sign said like, um, you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. And I was like, I'm wearing a mask. I don't want any, <laughs> I don't want anybody's, you know, sneeze or anything to hit my face. I'm traumatized. Oh like, yeah. You know? I, was, I was like that before a pandemic. Yeah. Don't sneeze, cough around me or oh, none me of the, like, I, yeah, I, I didn't need the Rona to make me lie. Y'all, oh, no. y'all are not going to be. <laughs> I was a germaphobe. I'm a, a germaphobe for real. Like, I don't I, even like, ask my mom. I ain't yeah. even drink after her with a cup and she yes. gave birth to me and I was like nah ma you I'll get my own <laughs> right so it's just that that's the piece of giving grace like understand everyone's at a different comfort level and you know I before I even had a chance to process what I was doing I was stepping like giving a, a big space between me and a woman without a mask because I was like Mm-mm. and I thought oh I okay, I'm going to just have to get used to being around people. Some people are in masks, some aren't. This is my comfort level. Like, it's almost like relearning how to be out in society. (laughs) And we're all going through it. Yeah, it it highlighted so much. I mean, think about, we used to sing happy birthday and let somebody blow out the candles (laughs) on the cake. And then people were eating cake, and I was like, (laughs) I was always the kid like, yeah, I'm okay. I don't, I don't, I'm okay. I don't need cake. You guys have that. (laughs) They just blew all over that. So I know you guys didn't see it, but I saw it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. All over it. it. All over it. So, yeah, I feel like um, what Brenda had said, just having conversations around that and preparing for it. And um, so I've started that, like, with myself and with our students. Like, okay, let's visualize going back on campus. Let's visualize when you walk into a classroom. Where are you going to sit? How are you going to feel if someone sits next to you? <laughs> like, what are you going to do? What are your boundaries? Let's figure it out so that if you start to feel anxious, you kind of know what your next steps will be so it doesn't come at you as a surprise and then you feel like you don't know what to do in that moment. So forward planning. Um, And two, Brenda, I know we're probably going to, me, you, and Megan are probably going to be talking a lot about just different anxiety techniques and and things that might help students to manage anxiety in the moment. Um, You know, 
grounding exercises, being mindful, taking things at a slow pace. Um, a lot of that, I think we're going to be having those discussions. Man, well, with that, uh, Brenda Rogers and Jennifer Wright are counselors at, at Pierce. Um, and, and you mentioned Megan. I know Megan as well. Megan Earby. Um, and is there anybody else on the team or is it you three? It is the three of the us. The three musketeers yeah. uh, that are ready, ready for you. <laughs> so for so students out there, if you are looking for these three amazing women, um, again, work with your advisor, your student success coaches, um, and they will be more than happy to get you connected um, with them. And and please use the resource. Uh, it, they, are, they are here for you to support you while you're here at Pierce and beyond. You know, Jennifer talked about she's still to this day you know, friends with that person who served kind of in that role, you know, as a as a success coach, but also sounds like she was a counselor as well, you know, in a sense. And, and that relationship is still stands today. So you never know. You might have a lifelong friend in Brenda or Jennifer or Megan um, when you walk through those doors. Um, so, again, just utilize those resources because uh, mental health is is beyond important. We need to take care of ourselves. Uh, first and foremost, because if we don't take care of ourselves, then how can we take care of others or support others? And it, so it starts with you. That's what I'm big on is one love and everyone and everything. But that starts with you. So uh, with that, Brenda, Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time of being with us today. It has been amazing to get to know you both a little bit better. And I can't wait to see you in person when we get back on campus. Thank you so much for having us. This has been great. Thank you both so much. And thank you to our listeners as well. We hope you guys had as much fun as we did on this episode. And we will see you all on the next episode.